This is a podcast from Rover. Welcome to the Honey Hole. August 22nd. Uh, our daily podcast while the Rock 2000s are on. Uh, our annual countdown here at work of 2000 Rock Songs, 1.5 million collective votes, and a chance for us to spread our legs because we're very business at the moment uh, on the radio station, aren't we? Spread, I, would, I would say stretch our legs. Uh, spread our legs. I don't know what. Have you seen, have you seen what we're talking about today, mate? You've been hanging out with Brad the Boss too long. <laughs> I mean, legs. you can spread your legs, uh, and I will stretch my legs my as we margarine, run on mate. through here. Spread them right across your piece of toast. <laughs> Just one molecule away from being edible plastic, and yeah, go for gold. Do you know what's funny? If you go on The Rock's uh, TikTok at the moment, that video actually came up with Brad the Boss just absolutely cooking a whole bunch of sayings <laughs> and then uh, swearing on air as well. He's like, oh, fuck. Can I? Oh, I'll start again on that one. It's like, well, you can, mate, but it's live radio and it's <laughs> gone out. Just, <laughs> so the person who drills us the most for the the language in which we use, and we should be better, and we try and be better, but sometimes, you know, we just want to spread our legs and say fuck. <laughs> Do you know what though? It's real funny because when I first started at the Rock, sometimes, and Brad's been here for like thirty years. Mm. When sometimes on the very rare occasion when there was no weekend announcers, Brad would do a weekend shift. Yeah, and all of the announcers that are away on holiday and stuff would turn in for it because he's that bad on here. Like he's so <laughs> bad, but he's really good at um, coaching you to be better and yeah. you know, has great feedback for us. But man, he sucks. He reckons mm. he did six months of late night love songs on um, I I. You're on love songs till midnight on I ninety eight FM. Give us a call on, and I will get your love song and dedication on for you. Did we talk about how there was um we were we were in Los Angeles and driving around with a friend of ours who was the first person who ever owned a Prius and wasn't a drive like a cab driver. They were crazy. It was a crazy breed. The ones that went Man. out, and they were like, "That's the car I want." Yeah, it was a wild, wild setup. Um. And we're driving around and he's listening. He goes, have a listen to this because we're heading out to dinner. And he goes, have a listen to this. This is this amazing radio station which is set up for people um, that are outside of prison to send love songs to their their friends that are incarcerated in prison. You can't do that. You're basically giving orders for people to be killed. Yeah, well, that's what they figured out what it was. <laughs> so there would be all these different love songs. So they thought they were providing this really wholesome service where it's like, hey, puppy, locked down for the next 15 years and here's a song for you. It's it's called In the Middle of the Night or whatever. It's like Phil Collins songs means wipe out half of your cell block with a tooth- toothbrush that's been sharpened on the concrete. <laughs> Bublé songs set the Bublé trap. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> man. Uh, Speaking of the boob, do you see how he was here recently in New Zealand? The man. Um, and went to the fish market. Do you see this? Nah. He went to the fish market. I should actually, I'll get the audio up so we can play it. He went to the fish market, sat there while a couple were playing piano, and he was like, these guys are really good. And so added, he went up to them, invited them along to his show, which you'd be shocked anyway, and then got them to sing at his show. And the whole crowd crushed it. So I am in the Auckland Fish Market, and there's these two singers. They're killed. They're so beautiful. And they're singing up where we belong. Listen to this. How good they are. Lift us up where we belong. From the world we know. We got to sing this at the show tonight. Make people go crazy. They said yes. Oh, 
at the concert now. This is at the concert. Sold out, Spark Arena. Plays original song? No, it's somebody else's. Yeah, it's somebody else's. But that being said, they... Shamrock's team's laughing at me. Who is it? Tell me, I need answers. I don't know, but it's definitely not a Bublé song. Yeah. He's I've only heard like his that. Christmas stuff. Yeah, it's a thrashing on Christmas Day. I wouldn't be able to tell you a single other a Bublé song. Yeah. I'm sure he's good though because he can sing on a Christmas album. He crushes on a Christmas. He crushes on a Christmas album. But though, that couple is at the Auckland Fish Market most weekends playing. Outside the pub that's there, a great venue to go to anyway, just to get yourself a lobster lobster roll and a big pint of beer. Delicious stuff. You know what I'm doing if I'm that couple? I'm getting a nice fancy neon sign made up that says, as seen at Victorina 2023. And when I'm at Spark Arena or whatever it is now, whoever yeah. sponsors it. And then I'd keep <laughs> that Erickson up there. Stadium. <laughs> I'd keep that up there for like the next 15 years. You know, it's never going to happen again, but you can dine out on that forever. Mate, when was the last time you walked into a fish and chip shop and you thought to yourself, Shit, these guys are good. Back in 1876, they got best fish and chip of the year. And they'll run that. Because what's happened between now and then, insignificant. Doesn't matter. Because 500 years ago, when there was one fish and chip shop in that area, they were the best. <laughs> Funny you say that, actually. Um, Mate, she's no Metro top 10, but but 96 was a hotly contested year. For, what you, You're going to say you had it at Lincoln Fish Supplies, are you piece of shit? Nah, we never did because we never <laughs> in today. You were never that good. No, no, we you never. You were the in. only fish and chip shop within kilometres. Yeah, I mean, we would have won best in Lincoln. <laughs> Man, you know what you could do? And I'm, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that we do this, but we could do this. It's just continually take yourself as the number one. There's a massive billboard as you're heading down the motorway out of Auckland here that says there is the number one rated car yard in New Zealand. And, I'm not saying that they're not. You, 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 if you get a pair of binoculars when you're driving past, you zoom in, it'll be like, by Barry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number one in New Zealand. I'm like, see, you can make these outlandish claims. There's one down the road from me. Number one Korean barbecue restaurant. It's about 3K down the road from me. Just its location, uh, you know, I'm not quite believing yeah. their advertising because they're located, there's like an F45 underneath it, some bloke like a panel beater, and then like a mobile service station very close to it. And I was like, if you're number one, surely you're going to be in a better location. But it used to be if you had um, number one or even A1, which my my brother and sister-in-law bought A1 Kitchens uh, recently. The reason why it was called A1 is because when you'd go through the phone book, it was the first kitchen yes. place that would pop up. Great shout. Uh, so, yeah, now they're working around the fact that – because and obviously, well, they go A1, and they are the best kitchens. If you want a new kitchen, get yourself an A1 kitchen. Uh, but Jay's getting one, clearly. <laughs> I need a house big enough to put one in. <laughs> so what I was going to say before, um, we have the annual pie awards here in New Zealand, mm. which is awesome. And there was a um, bloke uh, whose bakery won a pie award, and I believe it was the third place for this year in one of the pie categories. Mi- so it was a mix-up. Yeah, yeah. And then the people from the Pie Awards needed to go down and be like, hey, mate, can you take that poster off the wall? Because you actually didn't win. There was a mix-up in judging. Mm. And he was like, nope, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I've been flat out busy and the people want it. Yeah, and they, and they move units. So I would say, yeah, you can talk to the head of my HR department. His email address is go and kiss my ass at pissoff.com. Jay and Dunk. <laughs> <laughs> so this got sent through to us and – I had guinea pigs growing up, so that I can relate to this. Why would you have a as a pet? Again, like, where's the added value from a guinea pig? 
Uh, they're good at snuggling. They're poos uh, little pallets. Snuggling. Yeah, that's snuggling. Um, and it, no, case- do, they, do they snuggle through sheer terror of being in the outside world, outside of a cage, where they are literally at the bottom of the rung? For no, you could sit on like I used to sit on the couch, and you'd um, they'd nuzzle into your elbow and just like just chill there. They just like being that's cuddled. Them, they're trying to hide. They're literally trying to escape. Well, they're doing a good job mind. of it because their head is hidden. <laughs> yeah. Their body is wide open to predators. <laughs> that is why. Do you? How often do you see guinea pigs in the wild? What? Yeah. Well, there's a. I mean, slightly bigger, but a capybara. Yeah, no, Showboss Teague's had a very good point there. What about in Papua New Guinea? That's where they're from originally. And they're very tasty. <laughs> <laughs> that's South American, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, Papua New Guinea. We, <laughs> Do you think they wouldn't last a second over there? Do you want another fun fact about guinea pigs? Okay. Oh, hang, so, on, hang on, hang on. Let me just shuffle forward to the edge of my seat for this because I'm sure there's going to be a number do. of them. So I also had guinea pigs, and they make the coolest noises ever. They're like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. But you can tell when they're happy. their insides are actually in a sack. So we once had another guinea pig, which bit my favourite guinea pig, ripped a hole in the side of him, but because all their internal organs are held in a sack, he just had a big gaping hole, so the vet just stapled it. Yeah, we're kind How of is a that a good story? What a shit pet. Nope. It's not a shit pet. I'm telling you that all of its internal organs are held in a sack, so it doesn't really bleed or anything. That's fantastic. So the inside's like a giant ball bag. Yes. <laughs> so they've got a scroty stomach. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we're a similar story. Great fact. Sorry, Showboss Teague. Great, Great fact. We moved my mate's guinea pig cage and disemboweled one of the little ones, and we saw that sack. Uh, that one didn't make it, though. But it was mm. okay. There's about another 50 there. But not so enough staples? The thread, um, what's that? Not enough staples? So, what? That no, was tiny, eh? Yeah. We just didn't know what to do with it. I, in fact, I'm, I'm sure we must have just given it to the parents who probably just put it in the rubbish bin. Yeah. It wasn't going to live long. What else do you do with it? Anyway. Hey, we'll take it to the vet, guys. So what we've figured out, and I had um, a couple of weird deaths uh, with my guinea pigs. Uh, one time a dog like managed to flip the cage in mode one. That was Zin, one half of Zin and Zan, named after the rugby player Zin Zanbrook. Uh, Zin Zanbrook. <laughs> Robin Brook. And Just then, now Zan. And then uh, so there's a, someone sent us this thread from online, and it seems that guinea pigs just have the weirdest, and hamsters have the weirdest deaths. Like, yeah. uh, mine disappeared for months, then came out from behind the fridge, missing hair, looked up at me, and just died on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I was holding him above my head, singing the circle of life from <laughs> The Lion King, and dropped him six feet. R.I.P. Ham Ham. <laughs> they just don't last from that. They don't last from that height. I sneezed two meters away from it. And I think it had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> they are very twitchy, aren't they? Mine chewed. Uh, mine got out, chewed up some wires behind our TV, and got a shock to death. He was fried when we found him. <laughs> I've been traumatized ever since then. My friend's hamster ran outside while it was snowing, and uh oh, we found its lower body, and the upper body was never found. <laughs> My brother took a, a picture with a flash camera, and it died. <laughs> My one jumped off the dresser into a fan. <laughs> It's this one from Blue Dimensions. Parents left me alone, so I let my hamster free in my living room. Why did he run straight into the fireplace? <laughs> I watched Titanic to feel better. Oh, my gosh. I just need to see a human die to make me feel better. <laughs> well, a whole bunch. It wasn't just one. There was one important one. Yeah. My um, uh, Its own fart scared him, <laughs> and he died. <laughs> I'm not even lying, guys. I said boo, and it passed away <laughs> on the spot. I wasn't even sad, to be honest. I was just a bit disappointed. That's all it had in it. This from Shag He. Uh, just be aware. There is such thing as a hamster wheel. We often refer to ourselves as being on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Shag He writes, he just started running so fast that he died. 
He clocked the hamster just... wheel off to hamster heaven. <laughs> Mine died three days after the lady at PetSmart told us it, it was wet tail, which means diarrhea. So he shat himself to death. <laughs> <laughs> the one that drowned in the dog's water bowl and just floated there. We oh, had a that's cu- grim. We had a couple of pet rabbits. They seem to um, self-regulate themselves on, on occasion. And more often than not, we'd find them in the – we had a parapool in ground, fancy – you know, rich guy in ground. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Someone had to dig a hole for that. Yeah, if you're an out of ground, you know, like if you had friends that had a pool above ground, you're like, yeah, yeah, in ground, doing all right. Yeah. Uh, normally, anyway. normally that family had a club sport holding as well. Mm, yeah, no, we lived on dirt road, mate. No point in having one of those fancy wee numbers. <laughs> uh, but they would often be found in the filter bit at the end of the, you know, where the filter water goes. Oh, yeah. the filter bit? That's where we'd often find those little bunnies. Have a go at this one. My mum vacuumed it by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> They would be literally without the fur on them because obviously that's just fluff. Body-wise, they'd be the same size as a vacuum cleaner pipe, surely. Jeez, here we go. Oh, it depends what – maybe when they were younger. Uh, it was late at night and I must have forgotten to close my the cage because I ended up stepping on them, stepping on, them on my walk to the bathroom. Oh, mate. Guess what, guys? We thought it was dead, but we just – it was hibernating <laughs> or something. Then we buried it alive. <laughs> <laughs> this one? Oh, Mine jumped into the bloody frying pan when mum was trying to make some crepes and it died of heat stroke, I suppose. <laughs> oh, shit. My oh. friend's hamster got so cold and didn't move, so they put him in an oven tray and tried to bake him oh. to bring him back to life. Oh, See? Wow. This is more of an, uh, the, the owners are having the issue here as opposed yeah. to the actual hamsters, I think. Jay and Dunk. <laughs> Got this one, Jay, you found this one, and there's a bloke standing on stage, and this is uh, all about disconnecting from your phone, which is probably ironic, us talking to you about this, you might be using your phone to send it to your iPods or, or, you know, your car stereo or whatever. Very poignant and very, very well articulated. Mm. So there's a guy on stage, and you're going to hear him shortly, and he asks for an audience member uh, for one of their phones, Uh, and then he goes on to explain something that makes absolute sense. Let me show you something that's really powerful. Can I borrow your phone, please? There's one right there in between you. Just let me borrow that for a sec. I'm asking you to give me somebody else's phone. You don't have to turn it on. I just need it. Thank you. So let me show you the subconscious power of this device. What if I were to hold my phone while I'm giving this presentation? I'm not checking it. It's not buzzing. It's not beeping. I'm simply holding it. Do you feel like you're the most important thing to me right now? No, you do not. And this is an artificial environment. Now think about how often this phone is out while we're talking to other people. Hey, boss, can I talk to you? Sure, what's on your mind? As opposed to, sure, what's on your mind? We go out for dinner or lunch with our family and our friends. We have meetings and we put the phone on the table, which sends a subconscious message to everybody else in the room that this is not that important to me. You're not that important to me. And by the way, putting your phone upside down is not more polite. That's exactly how mine is sitting right in front of me right now. This is, this is my favorite one, <laughs> where the phone rings in the middle of a dinner, in the middle of a lunch, in the middle of a meeting, and somebody goes, I'm not going to answer it. Oh my God, just so magnanimous. <laughs> right? Thank you. 
It's such it's a great shit. Yeah, I always thought that was the kosher thing to do, to put it upside down mm. on the table, but obviously in the pocket's better. Yeah. Fry in your testicles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want, yeah, it's weird. The weird relationship we have with our phones. I had a friend that got himself into a situation, who shall remain nameless, and basically ended up at a table full of cartel members. And the way that you found out who was most important was the number of phones which sat in front of them. And so, as so, say for example, you'd have... Uh, the fairly low-gun guys, and there would be one next to them, and they'd maybe have two or three phones. And then they would have an, an offsider, which was like a big kind of scarred-up-faced guy, like Machete, the guy that's on all those films, you know? Jeez, he's the made old, bank from being the bad guy. Yeah, the old El Paso-looking bloke. So he he would be the guy sitting next to him. And so he was kind of lowly because he needed an offsider to, to handle his business if it got out of control. And then the next person sitting up the table would have maybe four or five phones, and he'd be sitting there with maybe... Uh, one of those machete-looking guys, and maybe a couple of ladies, because he could be surrounded by beautiful women, and he was no one was going to come near him, no one was going to touch him. Then the further you got up the table, the next guy would just be surrounded by women, and he would have four or five phones to which he would never pick up. Um, the the woman that were around him would deal with all of the calls that came through. And then the guy that sat at the head of the table was just there with his young kids. So he would have been, how it was explained to me, he would have been in like his mid-60s and he was there with like a 10-year-old who was immaculately dressed and playing on like a, like a Nintendo freaking game thing. Mm. And the reason why he was there with his kid at like 2 o'clock in the morning is that he was so high, so important, so powerful that there was zero chance of him having any altercations. No one would get even remotely close to him so he could hang out with his kids. And then they'd have this thing that would go around. It was called the Stingray. And so they'd have a cell site in the back of a van and it would go around and ping a signal and all of the phones on the table would buzz and then someone would come in and gather them all off so it would triangulate the people because it was a, a fake cell tower that would ping the phones and then see where all of those phones were in relation to one another. Jeez, and they're probably going to ditch those phones after that too. Imagine picking up an ex-cartel's phone on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> get some strange messages yeah, come through. But a few just, wet random pics. They'd scoop them up and then they'd go basically and then they'd do some form of scrambling thing which had them in different locations. So they would have their own sort of cell thing that they would ping them off which showed that there was possibly a malfunction in that and that they were actually in different cell sites. I'll tell you what, this is one of my new favourite segments. Uh, Jay loosely talks about the cartel. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine there's a large number of them that listen to us, and it'd be fairly common knowledge, I think, in those circles. Mate, it was just last year we had someone listening to us from the Vatican. Chances are high. I reckon there is a kingpin from the cartel listening to this, and he's going to be like, he knows too much. I really, I really like those guys. Where is New Zealand? If I can find it on a map, he's toast. <laughs> Hey, uh, so like I mentioned at the start of the potty, uh, we're doing the Rock 2000 countdown at the moment and uh, we're not doing a podcast of what we're doing on here because it's mainly music-based, which mm. is um, a little bit tricky to get it all in there. We just keep being slammed with copyright stuff at the moment. But I just want to play you this because there is uh, an interview with Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age and he is looking sometimes like he does and we had a great interview with him last time we were chatting to him but sometimes he looks like he doesn't want to be there and it doesn't help when you have one of the worst starts to an interview and this weirdest bunch of like couple of events happen in quick succession of each other first of all you're going to hear the guy intro Josh Holme from Queens of the Stone Age and get his name wrong then you're going to hear Josh correct himself and then call himself a wrong name and then correct himself again and say what his actual name is so I'm here with John, who is the lead singer. I mean, Josh. Josh, who is the lead singer of the band Queens of the Stone Age. Let's have a listen again. Oh. So I'm here with John, who is the lead singer. I mean, Josh. 
Josh, who's the lead singer of the band Queens of the Stone Age. If you listen carefully... Jim, Jim, John, Josh. Yeah, Josh forgets his own name as well and calls himself Jim. (laughs) So I'm here with John, who is the lead singer... I mean, Josh. Josh, who's the lead singer of the band Queens of the Stone Age. Hey, have you ever been in a situation where you butchered somebody's name... Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, it's a really prickly feeling as an interviewer, particularly if you. I did one. I did a beauty, and now they've got a massive following. Remember when we had the inspired unemployed lads in? Yeah, and I call them the uninspired employed. I think no, but that's that's not uncom- That's not uncommon. They got that all the time because inspired unemployed doesn't make. So you got them. Un- uninspired employed. employed yeah, something. so I said they're not that inspired, but they have jobs. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing okay. <laughs> Whereas they wanted to be like, they're pretty but, inspired to do something great, yeah. but don't currently have a job at the moment. But they, so they're on the dole, but they've got lots of big ideas. But they were terrified of coming in here because this was like one of the first legitimate radio station interviews that they'd had. Yeah, and I'd watched all uh, their that, shit, and I was shitting myself. <laughs> yeah, and that's the... And they, they, they've got this weird... They have the weirdest impersonated um, syndrome ever, and now they've got a TV show. Like the boys said, that it's it's an out of control world that they live in. Showboss Tees, can we um, put a link in the show notes to their Instagram? I and mean, you, heaps of you probably already follow it, but they're just ridiculously funny. Yeah. But the thing is, as well, when you're away doing TV, you're filming stuff for online, um, you know, for influencing, or just you've got big social media following. It's just you and a couple of people with cameras. Mm. You get no interaction with enormous amounts of people apart from when you flick through the comments, which wouldn't feel like real people. Yeah. Whereas me and you, when we do this every day, we get to chat to punters on air and stuff, and then we, we, you know, we quite often go and do events and press the flesh. I mean, they probably can't go anywhere now, you'd imagine, out in public without getting absolutely pestered. Yeah, pretty tough. They said that when they went to Coachella, it was quite funny because no one over there really knew them and they were staying in an influencer's house. Basically, so that Coachella hosts a whole bunch of people in this massive kind of Big Brother-style house. Mm. And they were all in there and they said it was exactly what you thought it would be, just people walking around, ignoring each other, but talking <laughs> on their phones. <laughs> it was Yuck. hilarious. And they know, they know how weird it is and they, and they still... You know me. I can't. I really. I don't like filming bits. Like I don't. I've done it we enough. Yeah, we just don't. Yeah, do I've it. done it. I've done it for MTV, and I just. It never sat well with me then, and it doesn't sit well with me now. I just don't like doing that really weird, awkward public stuff. I just does. It just doesn't work well for me. A lot of people it does, but for me it doesn't. And they're exactly the same. And unfortunately for them, <laughs> that's the They've made a name for themselves doing it. So when you watch their outtakes, and every now and again they put them up. Jack or Falks would just be like, that's it. It's got to be it. It's got to be it. I can't keep doing this because that person <laughs> over there has been looking at me, shaking their head for the last half an hour, and it is so off-putting. I feel like such a loser for doing this. They're very funny. Yeah. Uh, so once again, we'll put that link in the show notes, and you've mm. got to climb into uh, those boys because they've just absolutely crushed it. They've got a very successful podcast uh, done out of the Spotify studios as well. Mm. They, uh, they've, they've got together a very, very... Uh, I guess, wide-ranging suite of businesses operating in and around them. They've got uh, one of the highest hectoliterage producing beers in Australia. Which is insane. Yeah, I think within the space of... um, I think within the space of six months, they're like almost like a number one selling beer. And the company was valued at over $150 million within the first 12 months. Jeez, why don't they sell out there? Just live the life. It's been apparently for sale for the last 12 months, but no one's in a position to buy it. Because it's worth so much. it's too expensive. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, well, they absolutely crush it. Mm. And, they're, and they are great lads. And it is, it's more like Falks and um, Jack, they're like, they're, 
there's more. There's a bigger crew too. Mm. And Claire, there, who's their agent, is just a weapon. She's an absolute savage of a human. Great Kiwi lass that runs them, and runs them. Like I wouldn't want that job. I wouldn't want her job at all because they are absolute pandemonium. All of them. <laughs> like full herding cats. Yeah, it'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Absolutely horrible. Hey, uh, might go out in this. Uh, didn't talk about this yesterday on the radio show, but how good uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. For what it might be like early round two. Sterling on the... Uh, he's a bad, bad man. That was a great knockout. And then I don't know if he caught it on his Instagram. He's got quite a few followers now. I think one and a half million extra followers uh, since he became the champ. This is him filming himself in the mirror uh, with the champ, uh, the UFC uh, champ, champ belt over his shoulder, and he's smoking a big doobie. <laughs> you are the man. You're the man. You are the man. You're the man. See, I think he, he even said, like, he's like, I'm taking this real, real, I'm taking this really, really serious, this training camp. I haven't smoked weed in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know how that works. How can he smoke weed, but then um, Nick Diaz got banned for, like, seven years of smoking weed while training. Well, because he's Never got, once has someone gone, smoking weed is a performance-enhancing drug. Yes, it may help you with, like, recovery or whatever, but mm. that's not like when you're just blazing up big, fat, green ones like those guys yeah. were, and he is. Yeah, I think it's something to do with Nick didn't have the medical dispensation to do it, or, like, one of those weird little loopholes. Didn't have a... Medic- just bef- t- too early before the, yeah. uh, the green leaf took off, because you could just walk down and be like... Oh man, I haven't got an appetite. Don't really feel like eating again for the rest of my life. They're like, here's your green card, and off you go. So every second store on Venice Beach was selling um, yeah. medicinal marijuana of like, you know, not not doctors of disrepute, but doctors that were like, I'm sick of being a GP and working my ass off and getting paid peanuts, or I get fifteen twenty bucks a license, and I'm doing like three hundred of them a day. Yeah, and you're serving up fun snacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, would you like to have some fun? Yes, I like fun. Happy customer. Where you go. go. Grab yourself a couple of those little brownie bits over there, six of those gummy bears and a couple of sour worms and three of those Coke bottles, buddy. That's a big old night for you. I mean, we've talked about it at length before, but that time I did eatables, uh, I think it was some sort of scorched arm, and it scorched my whole life. <laughs> scorched, <laughs> didn't yeah. Didn't let me go. It didn't let me go for like five, six, seven hours. I had to give it, take a sleeping pill. I just wanted to end day. <laughs> hey, but we're in Rome. <laughs> do, do what the hippies do <laughs> Gandhi Have a great one We'll see you tomorrow Jay and Dunk Rock